This morning I'm continuing talking to us about God sightings. How many of you saw the movies either Evan Almighty or Bruce Almighty? The rest of you are way too religious for me. Anyway, you know, I, I don't know exactly what God looks like. He kind of looks a little different to all of us. But, but here's what I know is that God has a way of showing up in our lives. And, and we began last week talking about in those moments when God is silent, when God's not speaking, when God's not talking to us. Uh, today we're going to kind of continue to move on. So if you want to get your Bibles, go to the book of Luke, the 15th chapter. Uh, in just a few minutes we will be there. Uh, but but here's, here's what you've got to get a hold of today, and that is this, is that uh, in your life, as you are living life, that God is constantly showing up. That whether you know it or not, whether you realize it, whether you recognize it or not, that God is showing up in your life. He is there. Now what we've got to do is we've got to start being aware of those moments uh, when he shows up. Now today in the book of Luke, the 15th chapter, I, I, I want to share this story with you. It's, it's probably, I, I would dare say, I, I haven't done any uh, scientific research on this, but I would dare say this is one passage in Scripture that is probably preached on as much as any other passage that I know of outside of John three sixteen, for God so loved the world. This is the passage that we refer to as the passage of the prodigal son. Uh, and, and so let me just set it up for you and remind all of us about the story. Here's, here's how it goes. is that The scripture says that Jesus is teaching one day and he begins to talk about uh, a man who has two sons. And he said that as these two sons are growing up in the house, I'm sure they're like any other children, uh, that they are, are receiving the good things that a father has and is able to give to them. But the Bible says that there comes a point in time that the younger son comes to his father uh, and, and he begins to ask his father for what uh, he has for the future. In other words, he says, I want my inheritance, but I want it now. How many of you know that there are times in your life that there are things that are supposed to be yours, but if you're not careful, you'll get ahead of the plan, right? What the son is asking for is his, but it's not the time for that yet. And so if you'll look in, in the Word of God, uh, when, when you begin to read that story there, uh, verse 11 says, uh, then he said a certain man had two sons, and he begins to go into the story, and then jump down to verse 20. Uh, verse 20 says, uh, this son uh, arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Here's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk to you today about when God ran. When God ran. Now, as, as we're kind of wrapping our minds around this today, I want to greet our campuses and welcome them today. Uh, I am excited about what God is doing in your local house today, and we're believing that the Word of God today is going to speak to you and whatever's happening in your life, that God's anointing and His power are going to minister uh, to each and every one of us today. As you begin to look at the, the process of, of this story there is such a, uh, a huge difference between the father and the son. And, and I, I want to kind of share with you a, a few characteristics of the son, and then I want to share with you the characteristics of the father. Now, here's what I want to tell you about the son. The son is like us. Well, good morning. 
We, we, we epitomize the son. You say, oh, no, no, I'm like the father in your dreams. You wish you were like the father. We, we, we're like the son. Look, look in verse 12. It says, uh, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portions of goods that falls to me. And so his father divided to them his livelihood. Now look at that. The father gives them his livelihood. Everything that the father has worked for, everything that the father has uh, gone after all of his life, the younger boy comes up and says, I want everything that you have worked for. Not everything I've worked for, not everything that I've gone after, but everything you've worked for. And the Bible says the father gave them his livelihood. Everything that he had, he gave to them. I, I want to tell you the first thing about the son this morning is and, and again, just to remind you, he's like us. The son's first characteristic is, is that he's selfish. Well, hallelujah. I, I mean, how, how many of you know that we are self-centered beings? We, we like taking care of number one. We, we, we want things to go our way. I mean, we, we want people to take care of us and, and to be good to us and to treat us right. I mean, I mean let, me, let me just describe it this way. Uh, have, have you ever walked into a restaurant and there's, you know, like 50, 60 people in front of you? What do you do? You leave, don't you? You don't say, oh, this is the greatest restaurant in town. You look at everybody and say, I'm out of here, Jack. If they can't get me seated in five minutes, I'm gone. Right? You, you are not, oh, help me. You are not concerned at that moment whether or not that business is going to make it. You're not standing there thinking, I wonder if I can give them my money. You are standing there saying, if they can't get me seated and get me taken care of, and if they can't do it quick, in fact, even after I get seated, if they don't hurry, it'll be a long time before I come back and I'll probably complain on the way out. Now, why? Because that's just the nature of how, how many of you have ever seen uh, two or three kids playing together? And there is really, I mean, if you were to count the toys, they would be in excess of 100,000 toys in the room. Okay, I may have fudged it a little bit, but not, I mean, there are, there are toys everywhere. There, there, there are boxes of toys. There are toys strolled all over the floor. There, there are toys on the wall. There are toys on the shelves of the closet. There are toys everywhere. But what does everybody want? The one that the other one has right? I mean, you, you don't sit down in the day and say, now the next time you play with your brother, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be selfish. I want you to go after whatever he's got. I, I, don't, want, I don't care what you've got. In fact, I don't even care if you've got one just like it. If he's got it, you get it. You don't have to teach a child that, do you? I mean, it's just natural. It's just part of who we are. And, and this son epitomizes this. This son is selfish. He, he's living for himself. He's living for what he wants, what he can get, what is good for him. And he's not concerned about I mean, he doesn't look around and say, now, Dad, if I take this money and take all that you've got, are you going to be able to make it? You know, it's kind of like expecting your kids when they come home to say, hey, hi, hi, are you doing all right this week? Have you got enough money to pay the bills? I mean, I, I have raised two kids who are now in their 20s, and, uh, and I have never had either one of them walk in and say, hey, Dad, you got enough money to pay the bills this week? They would have to get me up out of the floor 
if that were to happen. I just why? Because that's not what children are supposed to do. That's what parents are supposed to do. And and so, but but when we begin to understand this, is that this son is living out of a very selfish place. But but let's continue looking in the first part of verse thirteen. It says. Um, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and journeyed to a far country. The second thing about this son is that he was rebellious. I mean, it was, it was one thing to ask his father for his inheritance before it was time to get his inheritance. It was something else to take what his father had given him and to leave. Now, I, I don't want to mess your world up, but God has given you everything. Everything you've got is God's. Okay, I'll give you the scripture for it because that'll, that'll make you feel better. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That means everything on this earth. You say, I worked hard to get it. Who do you think gave you the energy to work hard? Well, I, it was, it was my, my brain. I'm, I'm the smartest person at my job. How, how many of you know, that? Well, and I don't mean to get in your business, but how many of you know a stroke in one moment can take all that away? I mean, it, it doesn't, why? Why? Because God is the one who has given this to you. And yet so many of us live in rebellious places with what God has given us. We take what God has given. We take what he has placed into our life. And what we do is we journey to a far country. We, we try to get away. God's, God's got us in a place. He's got us in a time and a season. And we say, oh, no, no, no. I don't want to do what God's called me to do. I want to do what I want to do. Do you realize that, that there uh, weren't any, any uh, you know, lounges or taverns in heaven? There weren't any wild women in heaven? There wasn't any money to steal in heaven? And yet, Satan still sinned in heaven. What did he do? He got rebellious. See, all that rebellion is, is wanting to do what you want to do, not what God tells you to do. And Satan said, I will ascend into the heavens. I will be like the most high. I mean, he, there are five I wills that are listed there. And, and it's kind of like the way that most of us, if we're not careful, live life. I will guarantee you at points of your life, even if you've been a Christian for years, I will guarantee you there are times in your life that you are in rebellion against God. Do, do you realize that all sin is, is rebellion? I mean, sin is just rebellion against God. It's just doing what I want to do. The son says, I want everything that's mine, and I don't want to stay around where the father is anymore. I want to get away from him, and I want to do what I want to do. And he lived in rebellion. Listen, here's what you've got to understand. Anytime that you walk away from where God has placed you, you're in rebellion. Anytime that God says, here's where you're, I mean, you, if you are in the Father's house, you had better stay in the Father's house. If you are in the will of God, you need to stay in the will of God. It may not always be pretty. It may not always be easy, but if God tells you to be there, then you are supposed to be there. But this young man said, no, I'm going to do what I want to do, and I'm going to live the way that I want. To live. The third thing uh, that we find about this young man uh, in the latter part of verse 13, it says, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. The third thing about the son is that he's wasteful. How many of you know that, that if you give a small child uh, something of great value, they don't understand it, Right? 
And, and so you walk in and you hand, uh, you know, a five-year-old uh, a, a precious painting. that They will take crayons and magic markers and write all over it. Now, you may have paid thousands of dollars for it. But the problem is that this child does not understand his comprehension. Her comprehension is not at that level, and they're going to live a wasteful life. Listen, this kid had done nothing to get what he was wasting. And so, therefore, it meant nothing to him. And the Bible says that he wasted his living. He wasted his life. He wasted what had been given to him on prodigal living. Now, now a little bit later, his brother comes along and says, I know what he's been doing. He's been, he's been partying. He's been spending it on loose women and all this stuff. And, and maybe that's what he was doing. All that we know is, is that he found himself in a mess because when you are given something that you don't understand the value of, you will squander it and then quickly realize how much you really needed it. How often have we squandered the blessings of God? How often has God shown up in our lives to bless us, to do good to us, and because we did not understand how precious it was, we wasted it in ways that were unbelievable, and then right when we needed it, all of a sudden we realized, "Uh uh-oh, I'm in a mess. And the Bible says that, that because of his rebellion and selfishness and because of his wastefulness, that he found himself uh, in, in, a, in a place that no Jewish child would ever want to be in. The Word of God says that he found himself working for a man uh, who owned pigs. Now, you've got to understand, the Jewish tradition, when Jesus is telling this story, this is as bad as it can get. Because a Jewish person would never even be around pigs, let alone being willing to feed them. And then the Bible says that he got to the place that he is in such a desperate state that he looks at what the pigs are eating and almost wanted to eat what the pigs were eating. Isn't it interesting that when you come to the end of sin, it always produces destruction? Now, now let, me, let me explain something to you. The, the Bible says that there is pleasure in sin. Pe- people say a lot of times, oh, oh the, you know, sin is not fun. Are you kidding me? No, come on, don't, don't be religious for a moment. Don't be holy. Don't act like you're at church. Just act like normal. I mean, sin can be fun. Sin can be enjoyable. But the issue is, is that when sin has its end result, it always produces death, the Bible said. And so the person who looks around, God's got this in their life, he's working on this in their life, he's got them in a place, and all of a sudden they start looking around, they say, well, I think I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to get involved in that. The problem is, is that as you move away from God and you move into rebellion and you come to that place where you have wasted what God has given you, then all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute, I am in a mess. I am so messed up. And you know what? There are a lot of people today who are messed up. They've sold their inheritance to hang out with pigs. I mean, isn't isn't that horrible? I mean, think about this. This young man came from seemingly a wealthy family. And as long as the money's there, the friends are there. But as soon as 
as the money's gone. How many of you have had some friends like that in your past? Come on. Uh, you know, you, you've, you've, I mean, when, when the party was happening, they were all there. When your money ran out, they were all gone. And that's what happened with this young man. All of his friends forsook him. And he's at this moment, and he goes, what do I do? And the Bible tells us that when he is in that moment, that the Scripture says he remembered what home was really like. I want to tell you, there are times that you need to remember what the Father's house is like. And he, the Bible says he made up his mind, I'm going to go home, I'm going to tell my Father I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just make me like one of your hired servants. And the Bible says he gets up and he starts home. But before he gets home, let's, let's talk about some of the characteristics of the Father. Because understand that, that this story is a picture of who God is. And it's a picture of humankind. So we relate to the Son, and, and the, the picture of the Father is, is in relation to God Almighty. And here's what I think about so many people. I think so many people don't have an understanding of what God is like. I think we've, we've had a messed up view. I think a lot of us, because of our earthly fathers, can't relate to a heavenly father. A, a lot of you maybe grew up with, either without a father, or if you had a father in the picture, he was kind of an absentee father, or, or maybe a very domineering, very cruel, very much a taskmaster. And because of that, a lot of us have this idea, that's how God is. But, but I want to show you in this passage today that, that Jesus is showing us what God is like. And just as there are three characteristics that I've talked to you about the son, let me give you three characteristics of the father. Look in verse 12 again. It says, And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And so the father divided to them his livelihood. Number one, the first thing about the father. The first thing about God Almighty is that God is a generous God. God is generous. God loves to give. Oh, no, he's going to get on that prosperity stuff. I might. That really isn't the point of this. But God does want to bless you. God does want to give to you. God wants you to receive. And so many of us don't understand. We, we think God is stingy. We think God's miserly. You know, we, we think God's saying, here's a nickel. Don't spend it all in one place. No, God's generous. I mean, he's showing us in this passage. How the guy came to him, and he said, Dad, I want my stuff. And Dad says, oh, okay, here. It's not really time. It's not really what you need. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and give it to you. Why? Because here, here's what Scripture says about the generosity of God. For God so loved the world that he gave. If you, if you want to know what God is like, God is generous. I mean, I mean have you ever looked at the earth? Have you ever looked at all the stuff God created that we didn't need? I mean, we don't need a lot of this stuff. I mean, why do you need a mountain? Why do you need a valley? Why do you need a desert? Why didn't he just make it all flat with cornfields? And, and that's it. It's just, just flat land. And, and, and why did he make colors? Why didn't he just make everything, you know, blue? 
I mean, you would have made getting dressed this morning a lot easier. And, 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 and why, why did he create so many varieties and species of animals and plant life? And why, why did he do all that? He just did all that so that we could begin to understand his generosity. I mean, do you realize how many things have gone extinct in the past few thousands of years that God created? And yet, do you realize how much stuff we've still got? Why? Because God's a generous God. Don't ever show up thinking that God is stingy. God wants to give. God wants to bless. God wants to pour into your life. And so number one is God is a generous God. And when you settle that in your spirit, you will begin to live a life that is much more abundant you know the John 10, 10 scripture, the thief comes but for to kill, to steal, and destroy, but I am come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly, abundant living. Come on, are you living there today? I'm, I'm trying to get your attention. Are you living in the generosity of God Almighty or are you just kind of, well, I'm just making it. Your father, God himself, wants you to receive his blessings. Look in verse 20. The son arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. The second characteristic of the father is, is that he's very compassionate. The Bible says he saw his son. Now, you, you, let, let's set this up a little bit. In that day and age, it was, it was one of the most undignified things for an elder to run. He, he, you just wouldn't do it, especially somebody who is wealthy. Somebody, he, he, you would wait till somebody came to you. I, I believe with all my heart that every day that that boy was gone, I believe his father was standing outside waiting for him to come back. I believe every afternoon he's out there kind of in the evening of the day kind of saying, I wonder if today if my son's going to come home. I wonder if this is going to be the day that he is going to return back to my place where I can be generous and loving and good to him. Is this going to be the day? And the, and the Bible says while he saw him, afar, he ran to him when God ran. It's a picture of God running to us. You know, how many of you have ever heard somebody say, I found the Lord? Ever heard that? The Lord wasn't lost. You were. You didn't find the Lord. He found you. Right? He ran to you. He came to you while you were still in a mess, while you still stunk like the pigs, while you didn't have anything. Your clothes are messed up. Your body's messed up. Everything about you is messed up. And yet he runs to the sun. He grabs him. And can you imagine? Have you ever been around pigs? Come on, any of you ever been around pigs? Have you ever, you ever smelled pigs? It is just gross. Pigs are nasty until they're bacon. <laughs> but I mean, they're, well, they're alive. They are nasty animals. And this boy's been in there with the pigs. Can you imagine what he smelled like? And, and you know, he's, he's got grime and stuff. I mean, you know, God only knows what's on him. And the Bible says that the father ran to him, and he didn't just run to him. The Scripture said he kissed him. Now, I mean, I, I might run to you and say, I'm glad you're home, but could you get a bath? Could you get cleaned up just a little bit? I, I love you, but, you, you know, you stink. 
No, because, listen, I don't care where we are in our lives, God's looking for us. And if we would just indicate, Lord, I would like to be in relationship with you, the Bible lets us know that he'll run to us. He'll come to us in a moment to bring us his blessing. Look in verse 22. It says, but the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to party. Now, I know that's not what it says up there, but that's what it means. They began to party. The third thing about the father is is that the father is joyful. Have you ever met Christians that made you want to be Buddhist? (laughs) I love Jesus. I'm a Christian. Praise God. I mean, if, 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 I haven't asked this in a long time, so I want to ask it today. Have you ever gone to church? Have you? I mean, I've, I've gone into churches, and, and I've looked at people, and I just said, they're dead. No, they really are. They just haven't laid down yet, but they're dead. There is, there is nothing fun about them. You know, people come to me every once in a while and say, y'all laugh a lot at your church. Don't, don't you realize this is about the kingdom of God? Don't don't you know you should be serious? I am serious. I am dead serious about what I'm doing. But but God's a joyful God. You know how I know God likes to laugh? He made monkeys. And a few of us. So I know he's a joyful God. And the scripture says when the boy gets home, he says, clean him up. Give him the ring. Give him the coat. Give him the shoes. Kill the cow we've been saving. It's the best one. And let's part it down because my son who was dead is now alive again. And, and we, we've got to come to an understanding of that. Now, let, let me quickly do this and we'll, get, we'll close out. Uh, we don't ever want to have the spirit or the attitude of the elder brother. Because the Bible says the elder brother who'd been home all this time, here's the party going on. And he comes back and he says, what's going on? And somebody says, oh, your brother who's been out, he's home and your dad's made this feast. And the brother won't even come in the house. You know what I've seen sometimes in the church is every once in a while I've I've seen people who get ticked off because somebody who's been out in the world living for the devil, comes back into the kingdom of God, and it's almost like they're mad because they didn't go out and live that way. You know what? I, I, again, the Scripture doesn't say what the, the prodigal son did. As, 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 it gives a little indication, but not really. But, but his elder brother starts naming it. He's been out getting drunk. He's been out partying with women. He's been out. I, I think it's just because that's what the elder brother wanted to do. And the father looked at him and he said, you've never given me a robe. You've never given me the calf. You've never given. And, and the father just looks at him and said, son, you've been with me all this time. Don't you know everything that's in the kingdom is yours? I mean, I, I should never. Listen, this, this sermon is not to encourage people to go live prodigally. 
This sermon is to say, if you've been away from God, God loves you and he wants you back and he will accept you. But it is to say to those of us who are living for God, don't ever miss out that God has great things for you and all you've got to do is say, Father, I want my stuff. And he'll give it to you. The Bible says it's his good pleasure to give them who ask him the kingdom. What is the kingdom? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. He said, I'll give it to you. I'll let you have it. Let me close with this. I see something really interesting about the prodigal. The prodigal starts off his life saying, give me. Give me. But when he comes back to the Father, he says, make me. You know when you are in true relationship with God Almighty, when you go from give me to make me. When I come to that place in my life, Lord, it's not just about the stuff. It's about being conformed to your image and to your likeness to live the way that you want me to. And the greatest thing I can tell you this morning is this. No matter where we are, no matter what's happening in life, no matter what's taking place around you, if you are living for God today, then the kingdom is yours. If you are in a place maybe that you've been away from him, I promise you, he is standing this morning with open arms. And if you'll just peek over the hill, he'll run to you.